This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 111 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share tips on common barn tasks. We discuss polo wraps and tendon boots. In Critter Nutrition, we address summertime recovery for horses. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, which Disney character does your dog remind you of? Listen in. I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. And I am producer Jen. And thanks for tuning in to Healthy Critters Radio. What have you ladies been up to in the past few weeks since we've chatted last? You're up first, Tigger. I have become the comfrey queen. The comfrey queen. Okay, what first, what's comfrey and what and why are you the queen of it? <laughs> comfrey is a plant. It's a herb. Uh, oh. When you plant one comfrey plant, you get multitudes. Well, so it's like zucchini. Oh. Kind of. It dies back in the winter, and then it comes back in the spring. Um, it, it When it's blooming, the, the bumblebees and honeybees just go crazy for it. It has a very, very long history of herbal use as a poultice. And... Mm. I had the opportunity to, to experiment with it. And you take the leaves and you chop them up or you put them in your food processor and you add a little water. And, and it, as it crunches up, it kind of makes a paste. Um, sometimes you have to add a little flour to get it if you added too much water. But you sort of want to get it into a kind of green poultice consistency. Although, you know, clay is way smoother and this is chopped up leaves, so it's a little bit coarser. And um, and you apply it and then you wrap whatever you're you're trying to to draw out um, inflammation or, or pain. You, you wrap the poultice in saran wrap and then you keep it on for anywhere from two to four hours. And I'm telling you, this stuff is amazing. It's Amazing. Okay, well, what Um, did you have to wrap? Okay, so I had to wrap two things. Uh, One of my dogs broke his toe. And um, comfrey root was traditionally known as bone knit. So I got the bright idea of, well, bone knit, bone set. Maybe I should apply it to a, a fracture. And, you know, when you get a fracture or a dog, you know, breaks a toe, there's swelling. And mm. I poulticed that dog twice a day with the comfrey. And in about 36 hours, there was no swelling at all. You, you could not tell that he had broken oh, wow. it except when he tried to walk. Then you knew that he'd broken it. So um, I have on my foot, I have this callus. And for some reason, it really started to bother me. Like it was painful to walk on it. And it's on the outside, you Mm. know, uh, underneath my um, little toe. And so it's, you know, the ball of your foot. I I picked at it and did all the normal stuff. And I went, okay, so this is working so well for Thunder Bear. I think I will try it. Oh, my gosh took the pain away i mean the moment i put it on i went ah oh. and i kept it on i just you know laid on the couch and watched tv that evening and then took it off before i went to bed i was just walking around totally normal um so grow comfrey <laughs> always have it ready and evidently because i i did some research you can, when you're harvesting the leaves, you can cut them up and freeze them. Don't make them into a poultice. Just chop them up, put them in a freezer bag, and then you'll have it in the winter if you have need for 
pain or bruising or fracture. Um, it's really, it's, it's, I'm blown away, really blown away. So you just, you just take wow. the fresh leaves, you cool. mash them all up and you put a little water in to make them all pasty and then you put them on the boo-boo. Yeah. And then you wrap the saran wrap is really Pretty important cool. to hold it there. And then I wrapped my foot in a dish towel in addition to that. And then with the, with the dog, I wrapped him in vet wrap um, just, you know, to hold it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And then when you're done, you can put it in your compost. Well, there you <laughs> go, of course. Multi-useful. <laughs> Have you ever used comfrey for anything besides tea, Patty? No. <laughs> have you ever no. had comfrey tea? <laughs> no, I no. have not. I uh, didn't know what it was until uh, Tigger just said it. I've never heard of it actually. I don't really drink that much tea, so I'm not. I'm, I'm a coffee person. I knew. I knew comfrey was one of those medicinal kind of things that okay, that plant is useful <laughs> for things, but that was about the extent of it. I had never heard of a comfrey poultice. Now, would. You, making a comfrey poultice with other ingredients would probably kind of negate what it does, I'm guessing. No, because I tried, <laughs> of course, the mad scientist, did I, oh, comfrey works. What happens when I add this? Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. added it mm. to a regular clay poultice. Yeah, and? And it works even better. So you can take your regular. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I put the clay on and then the comfrey and then wrapped it in saran wrap, then wrapped my foot the next night. Now, did you because smoosh the clay it together is, or was it more like a lasagna? It's more like a lasagna. So the thing that smushes it is the saran wrap. Okay, so you have a you have a poultice lasagna. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's an image for you, folks. <laughs> yeah. There oh, you that's go. so funny. There you go. So, so cool. Tigger has been experimenting with herbs and broken toes. Patty, what are you yes. up to since we chatted mm-hmm. last? Well, I um, actually we uh, got back to our first horse show. Um, actually, which uh, just this past weekend. Yeah, um, and there was a lot of you know it's interesting because there was facility requirements uh, along with the USEF requirements. So, um, so that was interesting the things that to see like how much how strict they were going to be um you know you had to wear your mask they um you did not have to wear it when you were riding obviously i mean there's no way you couldn't use that people would drop you could if you wanted but that you'd be dropping like flies but um but you know they they had um that you weren't allowed to put up curtains they didn't want you congregating um you know in the aisle with other people and whatnot um and they you know they stayed I wouldn't say it was strict, strict, but they definitely, if you were walking and didn't have a mask on, they would, you know, kind of get after you a little bit, um, you know, politely, but, um, but it was good. So that was, it was, it was good. It was really nice to kind of get back to normal. And, um, you know, of course it's not fun wearing the mask, but we were so grateful to be able to show. So that was good. Now the weird thing is, so they put plexiglass up between, um, the, um, the judge and the scribe. Yeah. And so for people that don't know what a dressage show, like what that's like, there's somebody that sits at the end of the arena and judges the movements and somebody has to write down what the judge is saying. So, and you could have a mask on or it was up to the judge and the person. Um, and I, one of my dear friends always, always, you know, by the, cause having a mask on and being behind or on the other side of the plexiglass, he just couldn't hear and things come up quickly. So they, the, the judge and the scribe did end up backing up, you know, so they could hear each other. Um, but they didn't, they were trying to not have a lot of contact. So, um, you could not, you didn't pick up your show packet. It was on the stall when you got there, you could not go and get your test. They emailed it to you. So it took a little bit more time, but, you know, it was interesting to see, um, you know, how they adapted all these things and not having contact, you know, and with technology. So you would, you'd got your score, you know, electronically, um, but then your test would be emailed, you know, within, within half a day, you know, I mean, probably less than that. Um, And you could, you know, review all of that. So, you know, it was oddly, different but how did you pick up your ribbons so um so they 
you know, that's a good question. I guess, oh, I guess what they, one, they put the ribbons at the end of your aisleway with your name on it so that they would just leave them and then you could go pick them up. Without and having where, to, like, did they, where did they post all the scores? Well, you know, uh, here they have, there's a, uh, program or I guess the show manager is called show secretary and they, they, um, that you just look them up on your phone. And I do think they probably had them on a scoreboard. I just never wandered down that way to see. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it really was tons of people were so happy, you know, to see now. Oh, no, the main arena was not open because they didn't want anybody sitting next to each other. So, um, it was only the outdoor arena. So like the main arena, in this facility, um, the whole thing is undercover, but it's like a Coliseum type, you know, so that one, that, that arena was not in use. Um, and then, you know, other than that, but you weren't allowed, you were not, uh, you were not allowed to have any, you couldn't have any extra people, um, just your groom. You had to sign paperwork and you came in, they were talking about, um, actually taking your temperature when you came in, but they didn't do that. But they gave you, they are doing that at global. They had a, Hunter Jumper show there this past weekend. And yes, you walk in through a tent um, and your temperature was taken. Every time you walk, enter the grounds, your temperature mm-hmm. is taken. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's the new normal. So It's the new, it's normal. The new normal. Yeah. There you go. It's the new normal. Well, it'll yeah, get, more, great, we'll get so, more and more so normal as time goes on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> right now, the trickiest part is working up the courage to use a public bathroom on the road. Yeah, that's that's uh, the hardest. That's the toughest hurdle yeah. for me to get over. It's like, oh, yeah. I do, nah, no, it's not worth the road trip yet. <laughs> yeah, and oh, same so at horseshoes. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, it's yep. such a confined space. Yeah, no and, air circulation. Yeah, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, horse show bathrooms are generally pretty gnarly to start with. Yeah. 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 As a rule. And forget porta potties. Yeah. No. Jeez. No. I have I we have a bath oh, yeah. we have a, a portable potty that goes in our horse trailer just because I'm sorry, I'm past the point where I need to use a porta potty at a horse show. No. Just don't. Uh-huh. Don't. Yeah. No. All right. Well, there we go. Now we've caught up with everything. Um it's time for our round table discussion. What is Tricks our tech- of the trade? Tricks of the trade. What what inspired mm-hmm. you to ask this question? Well, yeah, I, I there's always I, something. Yes, I saw something. I don't know whether it was social media or Google or wherever that somebody had very cleverly taken their phone and timed how long it took to fill a, a water trough. So when they go to fill their water trough, then they just get their phone out and they set their clock and then they go do other stuff. And then the alarm goes off if it takes five minutes or 10 minutes or 50 minutes and their alarm goes off and then they go back and turn off the water so that you're not standing there waiting for it to fill up. Yeah. And I thought that was just genius. (laughs) That is pretty smart. Yeah. That is pretty smart. Um, as somebody who fills water smart. troughs on a regular basis, I think that's awesome. And and then I I had a self discovery. Mm-hmm. If you take the blanket, you know the um, you, you use you use them to close a blanket. They're like big potato chip. It's called a blanket clamp, I believe. Thank you. Yes. You can clamp the hose to the trough so it doesn't go flying. You know how sometimes if you're not watching it. It flies out of there. Oh. Yeah. And you just clamp it to the edge and voila. Voila. There you go. That That was my discovery. Now that, yes. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Blanket clamps are hard to find nowadays. A lot of tax shops don't carry them anymore. I was gonna they are so they are great multitaskers. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I love them. Yeah. I keep them Yeah. I have a couple of they and they come in two sizes, giant sized and regular big. 
And I have some of the regular big size mm. ones, which are probably about four inches long. And I attached them to my grooming area, which is on the inside of a door that swings open. And that's what I hang my towels on because any didn't matter how I hung up my mm. towels, they blew off, they fell off, the horses would grab them, whatever. So instead of hanging them over a bar, I just have these clips, and the clips are permanently attached, so they're not going to fall down. And all I have oh, that's a great yeah, idea. I grab it and shove the corner of the towel in there, and that way they hang so they can dry if they're damp. But they're not falling down or blowing away or, you know. Wow. Yeah. Love my blanket clamps. Love, love, love. And you can tie blankets And, you know, um, (laughs) well, to to take this one step further, they may. I haven't seen blanket clamps in forever. But a couple years ago, I saw the. Okay. So you got to envision a blanket clamp, but then off one of the handles of the, like, so there's the one top clamp and then the bottom of the clamp, but the bottom of the clamp is then a hook. Oh, yes, I, I don't saw know if that those. makes sense, so you can clamp. Yeah, you can hang yeah, it over those, like a fence you, rail or the edge of a stall. Uh-huh. They mm-hmm. were clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. now that's cool. Yeah, very, yeah, very clever. Especially yeah. for, so for that, that, going I to love horse that. shows and stuff. Exactly, because you can clamp it anywhere. Now, you can't, put a ton of weight on it because it's going to, you know, gravity is going to pull it down, but you could hang, you could easily hang, um, you know, a blanket or, um, and I guess you could actually like a, a lot in a lot of the horse shows I go to here, they do a lot of pipes. Um, not, not that the whole stall is pipes, but you can, if it's small enough, you can clamp onto the whole pipe and then you could put something heavier on that. But that's, I love those things. Yeah. Or you turn it upside down and you like hang the hook on the pipe and use the clamp to hold whatever you're holding. Yeah. You can, turn, you can use it either yeah. direction. You can yeah, either hang cool. it up or clamp it up. I like it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. So. I like that a lot. What else you got, Tigger? Oh, well, I was hoping you guys Oh, I got tons some. of them. Are you kidding? Okay, okay great. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh. Okay, go. Okay, this this one I stole from Jamie over on the Horses in the Morning show. When we went out to visit her a few years back, she this is something you struggle with, especially if you have young helpers in your barn, making sure each horse gets the right bucket of food, right? And you, right. you write the name mm-hmm. on the bucket or you put a piece of tape on the bucket, the, you know, the little pail that you put their feet in, and invariably the piece of tape falls off. Or the magic marker wears off or whatever. And that's a pain in the butt. Well, what she did is she got color-coordinated buckets. So the horse's feed bucket was the same color as the little pail that his feed came in. Oh. Because, you you know, when 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 you dish out the food in your feed room, most people put it in some kind of a small container, a little pail or one of those, like, 12-inch feed pans or something like that. And then there's a separate bucket big size in their stall. Well, all of that stuff comes in a million one colors and it comes in in a dozen different sizes. So you just get the same color. So lightning over there, his little feed pail is yellow and his hmm. feed bucket in his stall is yellow too. So when you feed him, you just get the yellow one and you put oh, it in cool. the yellow one. It's oh, so that brilliant. does make it easy. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was a little embarrassed that I'd never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> like dang that's, that's a fun. great idea and if if you don't want to spend extra money on color coordinated buckets an easy an easy fix for that and this is also a fun project to do if you've got folks around the barn that love projects is either paint the exterior of the bucket or paint a, a stripe around the exterior of the bucket. yeah i was thinking of getting a tape mm-hmm. different colored tape you can use duct tape yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i did i did used to do different tape yeah okay yeah, or but the trick there is you have to put a, the entire circumference, otherwise it falls yeah. off. Um, yeah, or right. like if you're doing a, a a flatter pan, you really want to paint that entire exterior circumference so that it's obvious. The whole point is so that it's permanent, and you don't have to go looking. One of the things that we used to do a lot was we just take little scraps of paper and you put the horse's name on it and drop it in the bucket. Well, nowadays everybody feeds liquid something in there. And so that's just, that's never yeah. work again. That's old school now. But uh, that was one of the things we did that, sh- that Jamie did. And on oh, that, yeah, the, that's a good one. Yeah. On the, on the making feeding 
more efficient because it always seems like, oh, God, you got to do this every morning. It just seems so inefficient. When I worked up at Myopia in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. When the barn was full, there was plus or minus 40 horses in it. So feeding was a project. There was one feed room. So you had to make quite the circuit. And what we did, instead of using a separate little pail for each horse's feed, their feed was divvied out directly into the feed pan. And we just had the inexpensive little flat Mm. rubber ones, like $6 a piece or something, because we had to have a lot of them. So the feed was divvied out, and it was stacked into the cart, and we just did it in the same orders that we would get to the stalls. And it worked pretty well, because we didn't, we had, we had hired help. We didn't have volunteers who didn't know what was going on. And what we did is you, you drop it in there and you get to the end and you went and did whatever other chores. And then when you went back and you grabbed the, the cart, which stayed at the far end, and you just pick up all the empty ones on the way back. And you drove the cart, which was a, one of those big garden carts. And you just drove it straight into the wash rack, tossed all the buckets on the ground and used <laughs> them out and stacked them back up again. Huh. And you were ready for the next feeding. It was awesome. Wow. Was oh, that efficient. is awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Because I had never, before That's I worked up cool. there, I had never used the feed pans on the floor. We had always hung them up. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I started working up there and going, oh, we just throw them on the floor. Like, oh, that's brilliant. Let's try that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're rubber. So that, you know, if they step on them, so what? Yeah. Right. And it was really easy to wash them out. Just, they were done with their feed. Nothing stuck to them because they were still damp from being licked to death. Yeah. That was one of my faves. So what about you, Patty? You got some good ones? Well, one thing um, that I think is kind of cool, and, you know, when you have a lot of different horses, um, you know, I've done a thousand different things of, like, um, when I was in Virginia, I had these small clipboards with every horse's name on it and all their, all their supplements, like what they ate, what they, you know, what they were eating. Or I've also done a large chalkboard. Um, which, which is, you know, can be good, but you know, it's also going to be hard or a whiteboard. Um, and all of those can be great depending on how many horses you have. But at the barn I'm at now, it's, um, there's a very large wall, um, uh, off the one side and it's like regular plaster wall. And the lady who owns the barn got the, uh, got that paint that becomes a chalkboard <gasps> and she painted the whole wall. Brilliant. Ow. I love it. That's oh, now that's idea. cool. Yeah, and if you leave the if you leave the lower me? three feet of it empty without anything important on it, small children who come to the barn can entertain themselves with some chalk. <laughs> <laughs> the ever practical, practical Jennifer. The ever practical, and I've got one one more before we uh, give Hedwig a call. This is a recent discovery. If you use a powdered or granulated stall refresher product, there's lots of them out there on the market. Um, one of the things that was always frustrating to me is, is how you broadcast it in the stall because you have to cover up the floor, but you don't want to cover it up with a lot, but you want to cover up the whole area. And it's hard to sprinkle. So I kept an empty Parmesan cheese container <laughs> that has the little flippy side with the holes in it, and it is perfect. Perfect for broadcasting. Oh my god! I'm so excited. I will never throw away a Parmesan cheese container again. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I tr- I tried various and sundry empty pe- empty plastic containers and just punching holes in them. All unsatisfactory. They were all epic fails. But the Parmesan shaker, perfection. <laughs> And Jennifer. Now that things are starting to open back up, do you and your sisters and brother, do you, are, what are you most excited for now that things are a little bit more opening? Well, you know, horse shows is not the answer. <laughs> oh. Um, yes, why ask not. you, not your server? Yeah, okay. He's not, no, we don't ask her questions. She's not qualified. Um. You know, I mean, I'm personally looking forward to the opening of more ice cream shops (laughs) because there's only Uh been one, and I really like ice cream. Um, Other things. To be honest, 
Our lives have been pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) They have been. Yeah, the human doesn't leave. In fact, she's kind of annoying. Twenty-four-seven servant. Yes. And when she does leave, we go with her. Even better. That's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been slightly tedious spending so much time with her, but I'm sure she's grateful. <laughs> I'm sure mm. she is, too. I'm sure she but is, But soon too. she'll be going to horse shows. No, I, you know, we're going to do it a different way this year. Oh. How's that? Yeah. Well, we're thinking maybe just she goes and gets infected, and then she might die, but we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, she won't have anybody taking care of you, Hedwig. I will right. have other. Oh, you have. Oh, yes, of course. Because other is not going to the shows. Ah, <laughs> so you'll stay oh. home, and your servant will go to the shows, and and come home right away every time. She will not go and stay there. She will have uh-huh. to come home. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad well, you can stay home okay. for the summer. Do you do you get to swim in a pool or anything? No, we don't go to the pool. We sometimes wade around in puddles to get extremely muddy. Mm. Well, maybe we your servant can muddy. get to a little kiddie pool, you know. And you can put it outside and you can swim around. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm taking a so note to get. No, Hedwig think. needs flo- a yeah. floaty vest for Christmas. I'm writing that down. Okay. Yeah, thank I you very much for yummy. your time, Hedwig. We appreciate it, and we're glad that you're uh, in such a better mood now that thing, the uh, restrictions are starting to relax a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ice cream makes the world a safer, better place. It does. <laughs> That's true. It Bye, Hedwig. Bye, Hedy. Bye. Bye, Hedy. And now it's time for the breed of the show. And because I didn't have time to make a new bumper, this really isn't the breed of the show, but it is tack item of the show, inspired by one Patty Perucci. What's the deal? It is. Well, you know, I, um, because I ride every single day because it's my job, I um, was thinking about just discussing people's feelings on polo wraps versus boots. And if you do use boots with type, um, especially, you know, when the, the weather gets warmer and this was a, a, a big thing for me, um, coming from Virginia to Houston, um, before, and now I'm, I'm up, um, in the Dallas area, which is much drier, but you know, it's so humid there. I, uh, was so concerned about using polar wraps because especially for my upper level horses, because they're definitely going to be sweating because it's generally always hot there. And when, you know, when you keep their tendons warm, um, which polar wraps will do. They're also there for protection and not support, but protection. Um, you know, their, their tendons are going to get a little, a little more heated up, which they'll do anyway with working. But, um, there's the, this whole topic of if it makes them too hot, which is one of the things that is uh, supposed to be a very big threat to sensory issues. So I started, and actually my good friend Tigger, you guys may know her, um, years ago, um, suggested, um, a, a stretch flex boot. I don't know if you remember this Tigger that you were using I, for pie. I and, do. I and, loved those equilibrium. Uh-huh. Yeah. And from England, yeah. Equilibrium. And, mm-hmm. and they are a nice, they, they are, they protect like if a horse like really knocks himself, it's not going to, you know, sting him too hard, but, um, and they fit very nicely to the horse's legs and, but they're breathable. And that was the big thing that attracted me to. So I've been using them for years, but there's also another one by Lemieux um, that I like a lot. That is a carbon fiber, or I think it's carbon um, that has like little air holes in it. um, That's supposed to be also excellent. So my recommendation is I don't use the really heavy fleece boots because to me, that's the same. That's going to be the same thing as using polo wraps. Um, so that's that's what we we what that's what we do. Um, what do you do, Jen? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I have a propensity for if they need support, along with protection. I'm I'm a polo wrap gal, or I might even use Saratoga right. wraps rather than uh-huh. polos. 
or mm-hmm. if they only need the protection but not the support, I'm going to use some kind of a galloping boot or splint boot. Explain what the Saratoga wraps are. A Saratoga wrap. You have to be very careful with them. I'm just saying. Yes, you do. They are not for the inexperienced. <laughs> yeah, um, no. A Saratoga wrap is sort of a, if an ace bandage and a vet wrap were to have a baby. <laughs> That's a, re- a really good image. They're, they're a reusable, super stretchy wrap. And they have a bead of silicone that runs along the length. Mm-hmm. So it, that it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't stick to itself like a vet wrap does, but it does stick to itself so that it doesn't want to slip if it gets damp. Like if you're galloping a right. racehorse on a wet track, which is really what they were designed for. Um, but I like those better than a polo wrap because for me, at least, if my horse wants support in his legs, he really wants support in his legs. So they can offer. Yeah, they're way more supportive. Way than more supportive, a polo but they can sure. only be used. Put them on ride, take them off. It's yeah. none of this hang about stuff because right. that they're a very specific tool um, that I take advantage of when I need to. But yeah, for the the easy answer, po- support polo wrap, um, protection, galloping boot. Uh, I would always, if I had a horse mm-hmm. that had a genuine medical problem that he needed that support, had suspensory issues, an old injury, uh, I'm a big fan of the good quality sports medicine boots, but they're really hot. Mm-hmm. So again, you only put them on, ride, yeah. and take them yeah. off. Yeah. None of this hanging about. In yeah. Them. Hanging so, about. No hanging about. No hanging about with your boots on. Nope. Gotcha. The only thing that I would add to this discussion is ice. Ice, ice. Ice is your friend. Mm-hmm. And walk with ice. Don't just stand with ice. They have found through research mm. that um, massaging action, which is what's going to happen if the horse is moving or you buy a, fa- a fancy system that does the massaging, makes it much more effective. Well, that was the whole ah. idea, I think, behind Whirlpool boots. Exactly. Was it's the movement. To yeah. have movement. Yep. Yeah. So if you, if you have a, a setup where you can have your horse walk with his ice bandages on, or have a system that moves the cold substance around so you get that massaging action, you're going to get more bang for your buck. Yeah. And cool. one thing about connective tissue, it, it does way better when it works on different surfaces. So the fact that dressage horses tend to work on one surface, which is the, the ring, is really doing our connect the horse's connective tissue a disservice. It, the horses need to be walking on hard ground like asphalt. They need to be on grass. They 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 need to be on different surfaces because that makes the connective tissue more resilient. And that's mm. from Dr. Tim Ober. Well, and it's, it's such a good thing um, if people do this, whatever your sport is, is always, you know, sometimes it's not possible to ride outside of the arena if you, if you can. Um, but I always take my horses up and down and Dr. Tim Ober was the one that told me it's just different convolutions in the land. So they get used to all that. So, I mean, I always take mine for a walk in or out, um, you know, all around before or after or both. So here we are at Critter Nutrition. The topic today is summertime recovery tips. We tend to work our horses harder in the warmer months when recovery is more of a, of a challenge. The harder the horse's body works, the more energy it burns, and the byproduct of this energy process is heat. As a result, keeping horses cool and hydrated in hot and humid weather becomes a primary focus of horse owners in the summertime. The body's cooling efficiency is determined by environmental temperature and humidity, as well as the physical and metabolic condition of each individual horse. While thoroughbreds and Arabians have an easier time staying cool, heavily muscled horses like quarter horses and warm bloods can face bigger challenges when dissipating internal body heat. The more fit the horse is, the more efficient the horse becomes at dissipating heat. Horses that are overweight can be hampered in the recovery phase by the fat layer that traps heat. 
Yet even fit horses, when working in conditions of high heat and humidity, will lose varying percentages of water and electrolytes and can be slow to replace muscle glycogen. During warm months, the cool-down phase of walking after a training session helps to redistribute the blood in the body. In the cool-down phase, more blood is circulated to the skin, lungs, and organs, and less to the muscles. This helps pull heat out of the horse's muscles and dissipate it through the skin and through the lungs. Walking helps restore the horse's heart rate and other vital signs to a normal range. One of the most important parts of cooling the horse's body with water is the sweat scraping. Water left on the coat, particularly in humid conditions, acts as an insulator. Don't forget to towel dry the legs as well. Additionally, there are many water-based rinses that you can sponge on your horse to ease sore muscles and aid in the cooling process. One of the easiest ingredients to add to water is apple cider vinegar, which provides cooling properties for the skin. It's good practice to check the hydration of your horse with the simple skin pinch test. Pinch a small piece of the skin in the neck or shoulder area. If it stays elevated or tented for as little as three seconds, your horse is moderately dehydrated. At four seconds or more, your horse is severely dehydrated. Capillary refill time is another good test for hydration. Press a finger to the upper gum for one or two seconds. When you remove your finger, the normal pink color of the gum should return in one or two seconds. If it takes longer for the color to return, your horse is probably dehydrated. When horses sweat to cool themselves, they not only lose fluid, but also massive amounts of electrolytes. Muscle recovery and the synthesis of glycogen after exercise is dependent on intracellular water and electrolytes. Horses can't replenish muscle glycogen as quickly as humans do. Electrolytes combined with water provide fast delivery through the oral transmucosal pathway. Oral transmucosal absorption is rapid because of the rich vascular supply to the oral mucosa. Even the respiratory tract provides a large mucosal surface for water, nutrients, and electrolyte absorption. A study conducted at Michigan State University by Hal Schott, DVM, showed that adding electrolytes, particularly salt added to water, helps to maintain the horse's thirst drive. Electrolytes added to feed is a much slower delivery system than electrolytes in paste or added to a bucket of water. Don't depend on a salt lick or salt block for all the electrolyte needs of your horse in hot weather. If your horse is dehydrated, it is especially important not to add electrolytes to the feed. Electrolytes given without water can cause further dehydration. After your horse is cool, provide electrolytes either by paste syringe or in water. Prepare two buckets of water, one with the electrolytes, one with plain water. Keep in mind that some horses can develop ulcers to the mouth and stomach from the overuse of electrolytes. Some horses are sensitive to paste-based electrolytes given on an empty stomach unless gastric protection is added to or included with the electrolyte formula. Research has shown that the branched-chain amino acids and the essential amino acids fed after exercise can support muscle repair and growth. Alfalfa pellets or cubes are a wonderful post-exercise recovery food because they provide the essential amino acids and the branched-chain amino acids. Adding a banana to the alfalfa pellets or cubes helps replenish glycogen and makes a good post-exercise snack. Antioxidants play multiple important roles in recovery. Key antioxidants include vitamin E, vitamin D, beta carotene, the carotenoids, vitamin C, CoQ10, SOD, selenium, zinc, copper, the flavonoids, the flavanols, quercetin, and glutathione. Antioxidants can limit the effects of oxidative stress and can assist in quicker recovery time after exercise, competition, or encountering the effects of environmental stressors. Antioxidants can also help reduce muscle damage from training, thereby lessening stiffness and soreness. Many whole foods for horses contain antioxidants and or support the body's production of antioxidants. Some examples of this are spirulina, astaxanthin, turmeric, kelp, 
medicinal mushrooms, peppermint, cinnamon, alfalfa, almonds, watermelon, papaya, mangoes, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, apples, carrots, bananas, rice bran, chia, and fresh forage. If you're looking for supplements for recovery, Biostar has a complete line of electrolytes and recovery formulas. So please go to biostarus.com and take a look at our variety of recovery formulas for horses. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So now we're at Coffee Clatch. And the topic today is the Disney company owns Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, which is star the Star Wars, plus decades of Disney's own animation and live action movies. What Disney character from the broad library that Disney owns does your dog remind you of and why? And what inspired me was yesterday mm-hmm. I watched my eight-month-old Australian Shepherd puppy, Keen, leap from the couch over the coffee table, and the only thing that came to my mind was Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond! Oh, that's that's funny. So that made me think this would be a fun topic because I started looking around at my group of dogs and thinking what kind of different Disney characters they were. Patty? Hmm. Oh, boy, are you asking the wrong person first? Um, I The only thing that I can think of is my French bulldog, Angus, um, and Yoda. <laughs> um, Yoda's the, the guy, he's the guy, the, the guy that's like a slug, right? I've never watched this. No, movies, that's Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt, yeah, yeah, that one, sorry, not Yoda. Um, that just sort of like a, like, I don't know, just the way um, he just sort of sits there. Now, I don't know. I, and Jabba the Hutt was not a good person, right? Or good being. He was a band, <laughs> no, he was a gangster. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was a gangster. He was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Angus, Angus would only remind me of him in the his, like how he looks, not because of his personality, because Angus is adorable. So um, that that's, the, he, that's what I was. That's the first thing I thought of when you said this. How about you, Jennifer? Well, um, our our Greyhound Glory, who is no longer with us, I was torn between Anna from Frozen. Anna is the little ah! sister. <laughs> She's and, very brave. I don't think of Glory as being that brave. <laughs> But she is, she doesn't realize she's brave. She's brave uh, in, that, in a very intuitive sense, you know what I mean? Versus outwardly brave. Does that make sense? Or the other one I was thinking of was mm. Vision, which is one of the Avengers that's in Age of Ultron, the guy that turns red that used to be Jarvis. Now, I have never seen a Marvel movie. In the mm. Third, I think I think Age of Ultron is the third Avengers movie. Um, spoiler alert! Turn your turn your take your earbuds out now. A the bad guy is an AI. He's a computer program. Is the bad guy? Ah! Uh, In the process of creating the bad guy, they create 
Vision, who is a good bot, good guy that is also an AI character in that it, he's a machine, a, a computer program that takes a human-ish form. Oh, interesting. But he is mm. trying to come up with the word. If he were a person, he would probably be... Um, he, he's... I can't, I can't quite explain what he's... But he's, he is kind and practical and he always sees things as there's always a good side to every situation. There's always some good piece of everything. And glory was a happy dog. There was always something happy about it. You know, that was her, but I think Anna from frozen might be her thing. Just sweet and kind and loving. And all she wants to do is hug you. Yeah. <laughs> she could be Olaf. Oh, she could be Olaf. She wasn't, she wasn't that kind of a happy though. Okay. She's very subtle. Okay. That, Cause that's a greyhound thing. Greyhounds are very stoic. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. If you get a tail wag, that's a big deal. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but mm. as I was surfing through characters, Beast our cat. Longtime listeners will remember Beast our cat. We had a long-haired, domestic long-haired cat that was called the Beast, and that was really his name, the Beast. He would have been Ursula <laughs> from the Little Mermaid. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just that, just imagine, yeah, that was him. That, yeah. <laughs> that pretty much, That's you don't have to funny. say anything more. I've go. totally got what that cat's yep. character was. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, Kimasabi is definitely Obi-Wan Kenobi. Of course. Yeah. Aw. Um, especially as he ages. <laughs> he becomes mm-hmm. more Obi-Wan every day. But I also have a Lightning McQueen Lightning McQueen. Or wasn't that that car show? Uh-huh. The car, the Queen's the car. Uh, yeah, the yeah. And, and that would be oh. Crockett. You know, a lot of swagger. Oh. And, um, unfortunately, I don't have the, the um, Mater, the, the, the dump truck. truck. The tow truck. Oh. Um, I, don't, I don't have one of him. Um, I do have a Fleck from A Bug's Life. Fleck? Flex. Oh my gosh, you guys remember so much. I, you know, it's so funny. Neither one of you have kids, and you remember this stuff, and all I ever did was watch these movies over and over again, and I can't remember any of you it. You blocked them out, Patty. That was so trying. funny. Yes. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I think I have. Well, what do you so think, funny. what do you think, um, catches? Oh. Okay, so I'm going to describe him to you, and then you can tell me. Okay, so Catch is, um, he's always watching in the background. He is pretty comical, but he isn't, he's not going to come in and steal the show. Like, he's going to wait for the best opportunity to present himself to be funnier than everybody else, because he doesn't try too hard. He doesn't try, like, he just is that funny, and or, or that, you know, entertaining. So he's always like, he's always like, for example, today I was, um, I was in the tack room and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know where the dogs are. And so I, um, I go to go out into the hallway and holler for the dog. Well, catch was completely under my feet. I didn't even know he was there. And he looked at me like, Oh my gosh, you're so stupid. I was right here, you know? So like he's, and he's always just waiting for that opportunity to be funny or, you know, point, point out that I, you know, what a ding dong I am for not paying attention, but he just, he's just, so I, I don't know. I don't know who I would compare that to. Like, he's not, he, he'll, he just shows up at the right time, says the funniest thing. And you're like, damn it. I wish I was that funny. You know? So that's kind of who he is. I don't know if that's a, a character out there. Maybe he's his own character. Well, the first Maybe one that came to, to my mind was Han Solo. Except Han Solo jumps to the forefront a lot. Well, that's true, but he's always sort of, oh, I know who he is. He's the the guy, um, uh, Calrissian. Landau, yeah. (laughs) I got nothing. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You know 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 who I thought of when she first started describing him? Who? Um, Tony Stark's fire extinguisher robot dummy. 
Okay, so Marvel, is, Marvel is a though. universe I have never been in. Um, no, I've watched Marvel. You've watched the, well, you've watched okay. in Tony Stark, Iron Man, in his workshop yeah, in his Iron house. Man. He has that little tiny that little robot with an arm that's all oh, the time right. spraying him with the fire extinguisher yeah. at the wrong time. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought of. <laughs> okay, that's actually that. Okay, I would agree with that because that's sort of hit, sort of like he's. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. That's a good example. Okay, he's funny. So, it's not because he so tries to be funny. Man. He's just funny. He did that. See, and that's catch. It's yeah. not catch is not sitting back on. I'm going to wait because I'm going to be so funny. He just is funny. He just is he's funny. just got to. He's just funny. Yeah. Yep. He's just funny. There we go. Well, that well, was fun. I I uh, I encourage you to uh, to our listeners to think about what character your dog reminds you of and and share it with us on our our Facebook page Healthy Critters Radio or on our webpage healthycrittersradio.com or drop us a line on a postcard. That's right. Where can they send that postcard? Biostar US 1 Cleveland Street. Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. And if you have questions about electrolytes, the proper use of, you can... And hydration. And hydration, proper use really of. Really important. Important stuff. Uh, because when it can go wrong, it can go really, really wrong. You can always contact and the fast. at Biostar. Yeah. If you go to biostarus.com, the phone number's right there. Yep. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. See them with your snake. Howl at the moon. Hang with the hamster. Party with the parrot. Water with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox while hunting your hog. We also recommend that you rap with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with your cat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Hunter with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your deck. Twitter with your toucan. Go rain with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs>